Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's the only way City knows how to play. Oh, that's completely given away. And it's an equalizer. In a word. Chaos. Oh, it's a giveaway to Klaus. He clips it over Santiago and scores a wonderful goal. We're breaking down City SC on the opening drive in our weekly segment we like to call Controlled Chaos. Brought to you by Keystone Event Staffing. Better people mean better events. With Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis, I'm Randy Carricker. It is St. Louis City SC against Cincinnati this weekend. And we go to the Celebrity Line, and if you have the MLS season pass, you get to see Andrew Wiebe on the, uh, in the host role, and he joins us now on 101 ESPN. And uh, let's start, uh, Andrew, with this. Thanks for joining us. We, we do appreciate it. Uh, how surprised are you by the start of SC? I think everybody's been a little bit surprised. And I think if you read between the lines with Bradley Carnell and the guys, there's a little bit of surprise there for them as well. They're not going to come out and say it. Why would you? You're enjoying your success. But I don't think anybody expected five wins off the jump from any expansion team, let alone this St. Louis team, that there were some questions in preseason about the roster. And we're starting to see those answers come into shape. But, man, what a start for this team. What a scene it is in St. Louis. I mean, we might get some boos on the – on the text line or whatever you guys got going, I'm a Kansas guy, <laughs> University of Kansas, Kansas City, Royals, et cetera, et cetera. But even I can look across uh, Missouri and say, my God, what an incredible thing this club is building. So congratulations on that. Hey, Andrew, one of the, the things that has been talked about a lot is this style that the that City plays with, the, the attacking style. We had Lutz on multiple times. He talked about when the opposing team gets the ball. They We don't plan on them having it for long. What are people saying about the style of play that City is playing with? Yeah, that's an interesting uh, like nuance, right? It's an attacking style, but not with the ball. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes that's difficult for people to wrap their minds around. It's attacking but in the sense that we are attacking you in position to win it, to be dangerous. I don't think it's a surprise to anybody, given what we knew about Bradley Carnell and his background. It was sort of an understanding that coming from Red Bull into St. Louis, given what Lutz was saying he was trying to build, given some of the roster choices, that this was not going to be like a ticky-tacka, we-want-the-ball-all-the-time sort of team. This was going to be an aggressive, physical team that looked to trap you in your own half and find areas to win the ball. And you know, I think if you're the Red Bulls, you're looking across the country at St. Louis, you're like, my God, we had this guy in our system and we didn't keep him around. He was sort of a prodigy within that organization, you know, from Austria all the way to New York. Uh, what I'll give a ton of credit to Bradley on is, and as well as the organization, and it's sort of a shared thing here. He chose to be sort of out of the limelight for more than a year when it comes to coaching. That's a long time. You can lose momentum in that sense. You can sort of like, fall you know behind a curtain where people aren't seeing you but behind that curtain he was building 
And it turned out it was the best possible thing that this club could do. And I give a ton of credit to ownership for spending the money it takes to bring in coaches and players and get facilities going early. I give a ton of credit for Lutz for knowing exactly what he wanted and for Bradley for just being a great builder. So, you know, I'm sure you guys have talked about it a ton, but not many expansion teams get the runway that St. Louis had. And I think if your expansion teams in the future, and look, we know that in all likelihood there will be at least one, maybe multiple in Major League Soccer, you're looking at this and you're thinking, how do we copy that? How do we get our foundation built and prepared before we ever hit the field? And if we do, can we replicate the success that St. Louis is having right now? Yeah, you're right. It really is rare because when Nashville was awarded an expansion team, they had to play in Nissan Stadium where the Titans play for a while before getting their own stadium. And I feel like you're seeing that pay off with the players, too. You even brought in some of the guys like Roman Berkey a year early so that he could get acclimated to everything and work with some of the guys here, learn this, you know, facilities in the city and the program and what they were looking for. What have you thought of the guys coming from Bundesliga? Obviously, highly competitive to over here in the MLS. I think a lot of people are wondering how that was going to look and transfer. I didn't have questions about Roman Berkey. You know, I think we knew, uh, you know, anybody who watches Champions League or, you know, top level of Bundesliga could see Roman Berkey's work on display. I was less familiar with Edward Leuven and Joe Klaus. And I had question marks about those guys as designated players. You know, when, when Lutz came out and said, hey, we don't need DPs, like forget that designation. Like it's, you know, team is the star. I was like, oh, okay, like, you know, I get where you're coming from on that. But in this league, if you look at champions, like they have big time players in, you know, two or three positions on the field. They use their designated player spots wisely. It just turned out that, you know, Lutz had scouted these guys and knew these guys better than anybody in North America. And that shouldn't be a surprise, right? That's, that's why you hire someone like him. That's why you go and get guys that have the sort of connections, have the tentacles, have the scouting networks, have the history with players like this to bring him in. And, I, you know, I think Lubin said it uh, a couple weeks ago. I can't remember when he said it, but basically he was like, look, this change for me, being here, having time to settle, having time to be comfortable, feeling like I was quote-unquote home, has meant literally everything to me in terms of performing on the field. And it's so easy to forget. Like, we get, I think we get wrapped up in, like, professional athletes being this sort of, like, cut above. And we don't sort of consider the human side of just trying to do a job. Like if someone throws you into a new city, a new culture, and in this case, a brand new club, and just says, hey, hit the ground run and be successful, that is extremely difficult. You know, same thing goes for Jean Klaus. But I think one of the things that Lutz did really well in this sense is he went and got guys that were, that were hey, we got to prove it sort of dudes. Not, hey, I'm comfortable, all good, I've got my resume, I've got my accomplishments. Guys that were just hungry. And if you are going to play the system that they're playing – you can't bring in people that are going to sit on their laurels. They got to be hungry. They got to have something to prove. And from, you know, literally one to 28 on this roster, I think every single player has that same sort of line running through them of like, Hey, screw this, man. People thought we weren't going to be that good. Watch, just watch. Andrew, MLS has been around almost 30 years, but yet when we talk about the four major sports, we never mention MLS in, in North America. What do teams like City and, and their fan base, how much does that add value to MLS and, and, and really bringing more, I guess, viewer, viewership and more people really understanding the game and being part of it as, as we know it? Well, here's, here's what I would argue. I would argue there's multiple constituencies here, right? Mm-hmm. There's some constituencies that are like, hey, there's only four sports and four major sports in North America. And then there's, you know, a massive tens of millions group that says, hey, soccer is our sport. Mm-hmm. And that group is growing more and more and more. Or, hey, soccer is my second, third, fourth, whatever, but I love it and it's a part of my life. I think that group over time 
is going to be the one that's sort of like, uh, no offense to the others, I'm sure they'll take offense, it'll kind of, you know, nudges them out of the way a little bit. Or I, what I would hope instead of nudging them out of the way is welcomes them into the fold. Because mm-hmm. I think if you go to a city game in St. Louis, you know, just to bring it to your city, if let's say you had a friend that's like, you know, not for me, not for me, I don't like soccer. If they went to a city game, what are the odds you think they leave and are saying that again? Like, what are the that odds likely. that they keep no. that opinion? It's almost, it's, it's almost nothing. Like, yeah. I can't imagine, and I've only seen it from afar. I've been to the stadium twice for the Super Draft and then the Expansion Draft, and, of course, no people were there, so that changes your experience. But, man, that, that is a selling point that I think soccer has, and other leagues do too. But if you get in that stadium, if you see those supporters, if you feel the, the rhythms of, of game day and, you know, sort of see the skill up close and personal of these players – I have a hard time believing that it's not going to be something that you at least accept within your life, even if you don't embrace it. So I think, I think, look, these new markets uh, and, and St. Louis in particular, MLS soccer fans in this country have to be thrilled to see a, a city that we knew would embrace the sport that has embraced the sport for decades, a part of the fabric of the city and taken it to a whole nother level. And it just gives other people something to, you know, aspire to, to be, to say, hey, we can be that ambitious, and, and it's a wonderful thing. I can't wait to get out there. Andrew Wiebe will be in studio tomorrow as an analyst on MLS Countdown on and MLS Wrap-Up, the pre- and post-game shows on MLS Season Pass. Andrew, before we let you go, last week it was Seattle. They lead the West. This week it's Cincinnati. Uh, they lead the East. Uh, quite a gauntlet for SC. How Obviously, this game is going to be tough. What are the challenges for St. Louis City SC against Cincinnati? I know you guys probably roll your eyes Everybody, every, every time somebody uses the L word with, uh, with City right now, and that L word is lucky. But there is a little bit of good fortune here for St. Louis, right? Lucho Acosta has a, has a sling on his arm after a win for Cincinnati last weekend. Probably will not be available for this game. Brenner, one of the best strikers in the league, is on the brink of being sold to Serie A to Udinese. He probably won't play in this game for Cincinnati. Wovado, their best midfielder, might not play in this game. So there are a couple things here that are sort of building for Bradley Carnell that are positives from an availability side. I'm very curious to see how he approaches this match. I think Cincinnati and Pat Noonan, their coach, and of course you guys know Pat, he's a St. Louis uh, native, Mm -hmm. born and bred, but he knows he, he was part of a pressing team in Philly when he was an assistant coach. He is going to understand how to play against this city team. He's not going to give them opportunities to win the ball, you know, ideally in those sort of danger areas that have been so productive for Klaus. I think they'll be more direct, uh, and I'm curious to see how Carnell lines up against a, a back three. He went to a 4-2-3-1 in the only game that a, a team lined up with a back three slash back five, and that was the Timbers. So I'm curious to see what he does there. But I, I think at home it's time to get back to that pressing, aggressive way. You saw a little bit of that wane against Seattle. Uh, and this is going to be an absolutely fascinating clash. The only time we'll see them uh, this season, obviously, across conferences. Andrew, thanks so much for the time. We do appreciate it. Great having you on, and we'll have to do this again as the season continues to unfold. Yeah, of course. Go Jayhawks. Had to get that in. Hey, we, we, we love it. I went to Illinois, so I say ILL every day. Don't worry about it. You're good. And, <laughs> and, and Andrew, some of my best friends are Jayhawkers, so I have no problem hey, at all you with know you. know what? And some of my biggest enemies went to Mizzou. No, there you go. Right? I like that. Andrew, come back anytime, please. <laughs> Take care. That's uh, Andrew Wiebe from MLS Season Pass with us on 101 ESPN. By the way, tomorrow you've got uh, St. Louis City and uh, Cincinnati. We are on to Cincinnati, and uh, hopefully we can get back on the winning track.